Hello, I'm Donna Robinson, a lawyer with the Arts Law Centre of Australia. This podcast is produced by Arts Law in partnership with Desart, the peak body for Central Australian Aboriginal Arts Centres. This podcast is part of a series of podcasts for arts centres and for the broader visual arts community, where we discuss the legal issues that regularly impact arts centres, artists and arts organisations. In this episode, we're talking about the legal issues to think about when setting up an online gallery on the arts centres or the arts organisation's own website or consigning the works to a third-party online gallery. Today we'll be talking to Dr Krishona Schmidt, manager of the Akunji Arts Centre at Hearts Bluff in the Northern Territory. We'll also be speaking to Jane Supert, a senior executive lawyer with the Australian Government Solicitor and director of their Sydney office. Online galleries and stores are a tremendous way for the public and the artists to interact with each other and for collectors to view the artworks. The success of the online art fairs such as Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair and Desert Mob Marketplace are testament to this. While there is nothing like seeing a work in the flesh and looking at all the beautiful works in an exhibition, when we can't do that, viewing the works online is the best alternative. If you already have an agreement in place between you and the artist or if you are the artist and have received a proposed agreement from an online gallery, then you should check that agreement to make sure it covers the situation you're contemplating. That is, the commercial arrangement you're planning on between the two of you. Things to look out for are to make sure you're authorised to promote the images of the work online, What approvals does the artist need to give for you to be able to take and use an image of their artwork? Is the payment arrangement you have with the artist under the agreement between you suitable for this approach? Are any of the artists deceased? If they are, you'll need to approach the executor of the estate or the beneficiaries to obtain the necessary permissions. Make sure you get permission from the right people to exhibit and sell the works. Commonly, the artist is the copyright owner, but sometimes they may have transferred their copyright rights to another, either by assignment or by a licence. A good template contract between you and the other party should have all of these terms and conditions in it. So welcome, Krishona. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. So how long have you been involved in exhibiting work online and operating with an online store on the Art Centre's website? When I started in 2012, we had a website that was supposedly selling works online, but, yeah, it was incredibly difficult to update the stock that was in on the website shown and match it with what was actually here in, in stock. So it didn't match at all. So we hired someone to develop a new website with me and the, uh, that took about a year and a half, actually. And the, the, we launched it in 2014 and um, it's been incredibly successful. So, you know, bit by bit we build it up, but um, the, the shop works really well. Um, we, we now get, you know, some weeks up to 100 orders a week. So um, it was working for us. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of the work that you needed to do to begin with was technical, really, wasn't it? That year and a half to set up the website, and then once the store and the merchandise and the paintings were available for sale, it all just ran smoothly. After that, did it? 
No, so it's not just technical, the setup. It was also about design and the feel of the website, the navigation, the um, how the different parts of the website talk to each other. Right. That was really quite important too. And then the next step, trialling it as well, what the things that didn't work and and possibly for about two or three years it kind of plotted along and, um, you know, uh, online sales didn't pick up that much. But then there was a big shift in the last two, three years and um, web sales have gone through the roof. So we're actually now in a stage of revamping everything again. Um, other art centres opt to then get a completely new website. I'm not that person. I just like to improve on what we have rather than reinventing the wheel every time. So do you think the the change over the last two or three years has been across the whole sector or do you think it's specifically your art centre, that word of mouth or just, you know, increasing promotion or access to your artworks? No, I think it's really to do with our social media presence and um, the, I don't know how, how much other art centres are pushing it, but that we link everything in our social media directly to our website. Excellent, yeah. Yeah, social media really, it's really ingrained in our in our ways of communicating now, isn't it, even com- on a commercial level? I think, yeah, it's, it's more than word of mouth nowadays and it certainly works better than any kind of other ad. Right. And so what, I mean, you've already talked a bit about your experience with um, displaying and selling artworks on on the Art Centre website. What about on other websites or online art fairs? So we've done, uh, we've worked, for example, with Blue Thumb Art over the years. Um, We've been invited by many other portals like Art Lovers Online and um, recently, especially for fabric, um, different portals. Uh, it depends on, for us, of course, because if we display everything, we do all the background work, we need to ensure that um, we get a benefit from it. And a lot of those other portals take up to 40% commission. So if this commission is that high, then, and I do all the work that normally a gallery would do, it can't, I kind of question why we'd, we'd engage with them instead of a gallery. Yeah, so it's, you know, I, I gauge how much percentage we give and, and then see whether it's worth our while. Um, with the art fairs that we've participated in, they're all, um, they're all done with 100% benefit back to the art centre. So it's very different to all those other portals that work at Twenty, you know, twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year. Well, the art fairs, or some of them, have been very successful, haven't they? DAF and the Desert Desert Mob art fairs, in particular. Yes, they have. Yeah, they have. They've been, um, especially DAF, has been incredibly successful for us. And um, it's sort of putting the question out there whether those art fairs need to be online anyway. Just you know, irrespective of COVID. And then whether once, you know, the concerns around COVID are changing, whether um, there be two platforms. That's a good idea. And and also with climate change, people are trying to reduce their footprint. So I suppose it's also a way of discouraging people from flying unnecessarily because, you know, most of the attendees would need to fly in, wouldn't they, to... That's um, right, yeah. National Especially to Alice Springs, yeah. 
Yeah. And what has been your observation that the artists think of um, their works being sold online? I think they, they like the fact that it doesn't have to go to gallery, that it's immediate, that um, we get a lot of immediate responses from customers that, you know, they might either post this on social media when they hang it up or when they receive the work or um, they send us direct feedback to um, our email. So that kind of interaction we wouldn't have had prior. It was always go back to the gallery. So there's much more um, direct connection to the customer that has ever existed before. Right. And have you set it up so that Sam easily speaks to your online sales or do you need to manually record any online sales across onto Sam? The only thing that our website does that's really easy is that it uploads directly from Sam all the images and the artworks that are available that we choose as available. But the um, all the sales need to be recorded manually, all the shipping tracking and so on all needs to be recorded manually. So it's quite laborious at the back end of a sale. Right, yep. Now, what about if an artist has passed away? Does this approach continue to work well for you, even in those circumstances? Well, I'm only allowed to sell works by a deceased artist online or anywhere if the family agrees to it. So prior to being able to put anything up online, I, I have to have negotiations with the family. So do you actually take the artworks down uh, when someone passes away? Yeah, if if the family wants that. And then also I take the image of the artist down um, so there's no, no record of their faces anymore if the family wants that. So it's all a negotiation with the families. Yes, and often if people have done a will, they record their wishes in their will too. Well, um, we're actually doing it today with an estate um, because it wasn't recorded in the will whether the artist wanted their images to be taken down or to be um, sold further and the family had has had quite some concerns. So we're setting up a legal agreement between the art centre and the the artist's beneficiaries to ensure that they know how everything works and that it's all correct. Great. Well, let us know if we can help if you want us to look at the look at the agreement or anything like that. Well, we've actually got one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Supert, a senior executive lawyer with the Australian Government Solicitor and Director of their Sydney office. Jane, what kind of things should one look out for when dealing with a third-party online gallery and setting up the contractual arrangements between them? Yeah, so there's, I think there are two things to think about there. Um, the first is that in the same way that you would closely review your contract with a physical gallery and look to make sure that the commercial terms were satisfactory uh, and that you were happy with those terms, you need to do the same thing where you're using an online gallery uh, and be happy that commercially you're, you're satisfied with what you're getting. And I think you mentioned before, you know, talking to others and I think often there's not a lot of transparency around uh, gallery um, terms. So it's, I think it's worth, you know, often sort of sharing notes with other artists and finding out, um, you know, what the, good, what the good commercial terms are. So that's the first thing to think about. And the second thing is thinking about how the online gallery itself protects the cybersecurity. So what cybersecurity measures does it have in place? Um, so all the things that we've just talked about really is the gallery um, 
following those best practices as well in terms of protecting the data that it holds. Because remember, by giving your artwork to the gallery, it will be holding important um, data that you've given to it. And I think the last thing is thinking about, and this should be covered in your contract, um, but the last thing is thinking about the information you want back from the gallery about your artwork. Um, because it's valuable to find out who's buying it, how much they're paying, obviously, all of these things. You want transparency about all of those um, factors. And so including that in your contract and making sure that you're getting the data back from the gallery that you need um, in order to know, you know, how you're travelling and how your artwork is travelling with the gallery. So what kinds of third parties do you have contracts with involving promoting artworks online? It was really Blue Thumb Art. Um, Art Arc is another company that takes our work on consignment and they only sell online. And with the others that we've been approached by, so we get a lot of those queries as well, people wanting us to sign up because, of course, they um, get a commission out of it. But because our what's been happening is that our work basically sells straight away, If it, most of the time now, even if it's a work on pro, in progress off the social media post, I don't even have time to post it anywhere else. What about um, uh, transport? Do you find that because you're selling more works online that, that you, you need a lot more sort of transport arrangements? Or I suppose not because you, you had to transport the works to the gallery in the past, now you're just sending them straight to the purchaser. Yes, but it actually means that instead of sending one roll with 15 paintings, we're selling 15, we're sending 15 rolls. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it means that we end up going almost on a weekly basis into Alice Springs now to deliver mail. And um, with COVID, the post office has clo is closed now on Saturdays. Um, so it's really only Monday to Friday service. And it makes it, of course, even harder now with rains, like we've had torrential rains in, in order to get to town. Yeah. And a lot of those parcels don't fit into the mail plane, so they, they wouldn't even accept them in the mailbag. Oh. There's always something, isn't there? <laughs> what about insurance? Did you need to, to contact your insurer to make sure that they covered you for e-commerce? So we didn't get e-commerce insurance, but we did get extra freight insurance to cover us for all the extra freight. Right. And what about checking with Artark and Blue Thumb to make sure their databases are cyber secure as well? Have you ever had a conversation with them like that? It might be worthwhile if you haven't. Yeah, it's a good idea. So how does this? Uh, how do how do online sales compare? for you with customers coming into the studio in terms of access to the artworks, sales and customer satisfaction? You are quite isolated there, aren't you? Yes, uh, we're um, 230 kilometres away from Alice Springs and 60 kilometres off the bitumen, but we do normally get quite a lot of um, tourists coming through. I think the difference is um, that customers walking in here really mainly want to see the artist. They often don't come primarily with the intention to buy something. But if someone buy it, you know, in an online sale, I only really meet the person and through online if they bought something. So it's a different interaction and it's a very different experience. Um, and I, yeah, 
so I can't really compare them. Absolutely. Like, it's a wonderful experience to go into the studio, to the art centre there and walk through the studio to the to the gallery shop. It's really a, a very rich experience, which doesn't quite <laughs> compare with tooling around on the internet, does it? No, it's not the same <laughs> at all. <laughs> so final question, Krishona. Do you have any advice or ideas or tips for an art centre or anyone in the arts industry who's starting out with online sales? So there was a previous study that Iris Bendor did on online presence of art centres and then following that we were also involved by in, in another little study on availability of artworks in the space. So a key thing that is very underestimated, I, I personally, that your stock that you have on a website needs to match your stock in the art centre. It sounds very simple, but it is absolutely crucial in order to sell properly and uh, look and be professional. Yeah. I think this the, the for me, that's the key thing to be able to start an online presence. Yes. It's one of those things, isn't it? If you get it right, it, it looks easy, but if you get it wrong, it most certainly doesn't. <laughs> it looks a mess. Another thing that's incredibly important and I think people underestimate as well, the amount of time we spend on photos, we spend at least a day a week taking photos and editing them. A good photo is key to getting the sale and to to match the product, you want to give it your best shot with everything. You only have this once. They're not going to come back if the photos are badly lit when every painting looks brown or grey. Yes. Um, I hope lots of people will be able to make use of online presence because it is a growing space and certainly through COVID, this, it's increased our sales significantly. Well, that's good news. Thank you very much for your time, Krishona. Thank you, Donna. Jane, what things do art centres, artists and arts organisations need to think about when moving to online sales of artworks? I think an important one is that an artist, often the, the real value in their work is the intellectual property in the work. So protecting the copyright in an artwork, for instance, is, is important. Uh, and this can be done by putting a mark on the work or if there are trademarks, also by registering trademarks. The other thing is that you'll usually have a contract under which you might be selling your artworks or music or film or whatever it is. Uh, it's important that the terms of sale are clear and they're accurate and easily accessible by consumers. And, for instance, making it clear that the artist or, or musician or creator still retains copyright, if that's the case. That's right. So that's where you protect your copyright interest in the, in the artwork. The other thing, I guess, to, to keep in mind, we've just talked about privacy. Um, so we can include in those contracts or click-through uh, registrations consent to the privacy policy. We need to make sure that our payment mechanisms are secure. So using a secure payment uh, vendor, and often that's a third party uh, bank, which you may be able to set up as your payment mechanism. And I think art centres can ask their fellow art centres who they use, you know, whether they use PayPal or something else. Yes. Or, or their bank. Yes. Yeah, so a you lot know, of... Ask around, in other words, to find out what people are using at the moment. That's right. It's always good to, to check and see what others are doing uh, and to make sure that they're satisfied that, that, they're set, that they're providing a secure payment system to their customers. The worst thing that could, could happen there otherwise is that a payment is, you know, is, doesn't go to the right place. So um, having a third party help out with that is, is certainly advisable. 
The other thing is looking at your insurance policy and seeing whether it covers e-commerce. And certainly for small businesses, there are a range of insurance policies and depending on the type of business and the type of art that is being sold through your business, you may want to get insurance that will cover you against some of these risks. As always, if you have any questions, please contact Arts Law via email, artslaw at artslaw.com.au. Please drop us a line and let us know what you think. And if you have any ideas for topics you'd like to hear about, please let us know. As often the questions one person has are shared by others and we'll try to do a podcast on your question or give you one-on-one legal advice. This is part of a series of podcasts created by Arts Law in partnership with Desart. You can find them on our website and on the SAM database or on Spotify. You can also find our other podcasts on topics such as copyright, moral rights, online exhibitions and social media, cybersecurity and employment. Thanks to Krishona Schmidt and Jane Supert for providing their insights and for their time. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. This podcast is intended as a guide to the law only. It is not legal advice and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice. Legal advice should be sought on the specific issues affecting you.